The podcast you are listening to is a part of the Between the Lines Studios Network. To find more great podcasts, please visit www.betweenthelinesstudios.com. Hi, everybody. This is Tabs. And this is Naomi. And we're bringing you the Elementary Podcast, the podcast about the CBS show Elementary, not about elementary school. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have been dead dog sick with the cold slash fever slash sore throat. So this is going to be a catch-up episode. So we're going to do episode six, uh, which is flight risk, and then episode seven, one way to get off in one episode. So you get double double the Sherlock goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I just wanted to say uh, the ratings for the show have been dipping, sadly. But not by a lot. It's been like 10.49, 10 point, you know, 10.7, or 10.9, 10.72. It's just like slowly going down. Uh, but it's still hitting the 10 point in the Nielsen rating, which is still really good. Um, it, Scandal is actually coming up and kind of hitting, a couple episodes have been hitting the same um, demo, same amount. So... I like Scandal, just because it has Joshua Molina in it. Um, so that's really interesting to see that. So hopefully we go back up again, maybe after Christmas, when people get the chance to catch up on the show. Yep. And actually, I found a interesting piece of information um, towards that end, and that is the fact that um, CBS is going to be airing an episode of Elementary right after the Super Bowl. Mm. So that should give us a nice ratings boost. Yeah. So that means at least that they have enough confidence in the show going forward. Oh, yeah, I am. I see you have another article here that you found that, that Vegas is kind of dropping. And well, they're, they've um, ordered less episodes, but at the same time, um, more for elementary. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of pulling back their support for Vegas, but going full throttle with elementary. So that's. No, my, my mom is sad because she watches Vegas. Yeah, my parents watch Vegas and enjoy it. I, I haven't, I have not seen an episode of it, so. It's, hey, you know, it's fun, it's cheesy. Uh, Lisa I'm, last night said it was like, it's like her new version of Pan Am. That's what I sort of figured it was mm-hmm. going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of the, the nostalgia set somewhere. Right. And I'm kind I of wish sad they would have just bought back Pan Am. <laughs> I'm kind of sad because uh, the commish is so good. And I, I can't call him by his real name. I was calling yep. him commish. <laughs> yep. He's yep. so good in that show. Like, I've only seen a couple episodes, but he is just, he plays a mobster character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's so good. And just, I like, mean, it's been how many, like, I, when was the commish even on? He still looks exactly the same. Yeah. It was like and the 80s. I mean, and, and he did all the all these other roles and was in the Fantastic Four and nope, he's the commission. That's, that's who he is. <laughs> if you're too young to understand that reference, then look it up. It's on Netflix. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, I am excited that there's more elementary. I think the reason elementary works and maybe Vegas is not is uh, Vegas, you know, the, the characters are not super... I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like they're not your friends. Whereas elementary, I feel like you feel like you, you're you're friends with these people now. And you like want to watch their drama and how they're reacting to each other. And Vegas yeah. is just one of those shows where you're just like, and it was set a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's a bunch of dudes being <laughs> cowboys. You know, last the last cowboys basically. Yep. So, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun show. It's not like, yeah. obviously, well, I've just caught a couple if of they, If they bring in, you know, a Frank Sinatra lookalike to, to do the whole Vegas scene, then maybe I'll start watching. But <laughs> until then, I really don't care about it. It'd be Oscars. really funny if they just brought in Michael Bublé. Yeah, so there we go. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into episode six first, which was Flight Risk. Um... I really enjoyed them stepping out of 
kind of stepping out of what we've been doing, like going to a crime scene and Greg's and calling homes and yeah, uh, this was the scanners. I think were genius. Yeah, I, I like the callback to the idea of listening to multiple things at once. Mm-hmm. So we saw that at the very beginning of the of the first episode, and we're seeing it again. And that's I like it. Yeah, I want to know where all the screams went in that room from the first episode. Does he just, like, move them around? <laughs> just like, I don't want the TVs in here anymore. I'm going to move them somewhere Someone else. Someone broke in and stole them. <laughs> we don't know. It's New York. <laughs> um, they got washed away with Sandy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I like that. I, I like that element of of Sherlock Holmes from the original stories where he's just kind of keeping tabs on everything that's going on. He doesn't just Mm -hmm. get called by the police. He gets his own clients. He finds mysteries that he wants to solve. And we see that too, when he goes to the the plane crash and at first they think that the murderer is on the plane, which I thought was really funny because who in their right mind murders someone on a plane knowing that your plane is going to (laughs) crash. Yep. So that's, I mean, well, there is always the idea of, you know, oh, maybe he was going to try to jump and didn't get out in time. Mm-hmm. So there, there was a bunch of ways that they, they could have played with it, and it was funny. Yeah. But the way that they... I, I liked the way they did it. Yeah, I did too. Um, but I liked that even though... Even when they first thought that the murderer was dead, Holmes still wanted to figure out how. Yep. How did it happen? And that was so... That was so Sherlock Holmes that I was like, yes, this is, this is how he would react. And and the sand on a beach. Yeah. You're noticing sand on a beach. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, of course. Because that, that is one of those things where people, going back to the idea, you know, we could be Sherlock Holmes if we applied ourselves. Right. You know when something is off. And most people probably could look at that and say, there's something wrong mm-hmm. with the sand. They couldn't tell you what it was. They couldn't tell you the fact, oh, this is new sand versus worn sand. But you you can tell when something isn't isn't quite right. Right. And so I I really liked that the idea that, that he was able to pick up on the fact that it was new sand on the beach. Yeah, and I think that that's that's something that you can you can really like I think most people have that nagging feeling when something is right. But Holmes is the person that goes the extra mile and figures out why. Why? Why? What am I noticing that isn't right? Uh, and of course, you figure out that this is a bad thing for Holmes because he has that mm-hmm. fear when, when he's flying. Because <laughs> yep. he notices too much. But yeah, I, I really. That whole scene where he inserts himself into the investigation, I really enjoyed. Uh, Especially that he had a, he just seemed so ADD in that moment. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to go into the crime scene. I don't care. <laughs> I do what I want. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and we, this episode gave us a lot more about the mystery surrounding Sherlock. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and and talking of actors who are permanently that one role, um, when we saw, you know, Sherlock's father, my first thought, of course, is it's the Sheriff Brodingham. <laughs> um, See, I think of him as the 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 rich dude on Cheers. Okay, because no, for years he was the he was like the love interest for um, Christy Alley's character. Okay, I, I, I mean, I watched Cheers, but I'm, I missed that. So for me, he is, he is the sheriff of Rottingham. Yes, yes. And then if I stop and think for a second, he becomes um, Lord John Marbury from the West Wing. But no, yeah. he, and then he is, always will be the sheriff of Rottingham. And then he's the bad guy on uh, Warehouse 13. <laughs> yeah. No, even, even on Warehouse 13, he's the sheriff of Rottingham. <laughs> he didn't stick around too much for, for Warehouse 13 to change. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's, but I, I have to say that I, I didn't really like 
that the way the joke played out with meeting mm. with Watson meeting his, you know, her father, um, the, the fact that Holmes knew his father and knew that he wasn't going to show up mm-hmm. and had this, this other guy there, that's fine. But, um, taking it into the idea of, you know, how's the sex mm-hmm. that I think pushed to, a little bit too far. And I, I, I think we've been, you know, spoilers, um, seeing the repercussions for that in Watson's relationship to Holmes in the next couple of episodes. Um, I, I, I think it, it definitely damaged their relationship a little bit. I think it was weird because Watson was already in a foul mood like, mm-hmm. about this whole thing, about him saying that the dad wouldn't show up. And she was, I kind of sympathize with Holmes because I think he was trying to loosen her up because he knew that, you know, typically and he bungled it of course um but she was already so off because of this conversation i'm not entirely sure why she was off about it obviously he's had problems with his father obviously that's something he would be talking about disparagingly (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know why she was so upset to begin with before she even met alistair um, so that, so that was, I, I thought that was the one thing in the episode that I, I did not like. Right. I, and I don't know. I mean, we never, I, I don't think we ever found out who came up with that. Mm-hmm. If, if Holmes gave Alistair, you know, talking points, here's things that you can, can do and, and say, right. um, as we know that the whole story with the tattoo on his wrist was something that obviously Holmes did not tell him to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that, was the sex joke something Alistair came up with? Was it something that, you know, that, that Holmes might have, have said, um, with the fact of, of the rate that she was getting to be his, his companion. Um, I, I don't know. It just, it sat wrong with me. Well, and I think it was supposed to sit, like, I think it was supposed to sit wrong. It's, like, obviously bungled uh, something that was, that she was taking seriously. Um, There was, there there was other ways that it could have, that they could have come up to the fact that this wasn't his father. And it just, I I, I don't, I can't put my finger, you know, here we go with the sand on the beach again. I can't put my (laughs) on why it's wrong but it just it was like no that that was too much well and i think i think from a writer's perspective they did it to show you that that was too like that was a line and to i think it was a way to a be uncomfortable and have her be angry because she needed to be angry mm-hmm. um and then two to also say to the audience hey look this isn't going to happen you know, this, this relationship is not going to happen. She does not take, you know, she takes her role very seriously and she's not going to go that way. Um, and I think that's what they used it for. And I, obviously they needed to cross some line because she is very patient with Holmes's craziness. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a, a good line to cross because it served that dual purpose of saying, you know, you feel it's wrong as the audience because you you don't feel like these characters should get together like that or they should be joking about it. Yep. It should be serious. And she, you know, you see the Watson's reaction to it and you're like, okay, yeah, she feels the same way that I do as the audience. So, well, moving on to something I did like. And here's where I fangirl a little bit over the English accent and, and way of pronunciation. I liked the the fact that they used the word disabuse mm. and edgeways. Mm-hmm. That that's just you know me going ah. <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. Light, lighten the mood for a minute. Lighten the mood. Lighten the mood. <laughs> well, I really like Alistair as a character, especially because he kind of schools Watson mm-hmm. in the friendship area with Holmes. Um, and I like that, that, that he knows to be Holmes's friend, you have to think differently about friendship. Yep. And I, I really like that idea, especially dealing with people that, that have, um, 
that have a you know autism on the autism spectrum rather than trying to fix them you kind of have to fix yourself Mm -hmm. and understand the way they're behaving and that it's not about they don't like you (laughs) it's that they they function differently than everyone else and it's not you can also look a little bit towards the idea of um addictive personalities Mm -hmm. not even not even autism because that really is one of home's main driving things is the fact that he needs more he needs more information he needs more input he is constantly seeking stimulation Mm. and that um the, the way that that plays into the personality and you for people like that whether they they are you know it, it's the fact of um you know someone is playing a, an online game or someone is doing drugs it's still that that same sort of personality that causes them to forget sort of the normal every day for a little bit while they are pursuing whatever gives them their high and you have to in a way you have to change to protect yourself Right. Because they, they, there can be these moments where they're, they're great, wonderful friends, but then there are times where they just, what, who are you again? <laughs> they disappear. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I, I like that they're, they're consistent about that because it's really hard, especially in procedural kind of shows, um, to keep that character things going on. And Sherlock obviously is such a strong character that, it would be easy for, you know, the next writer to take up the script and do something different with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're doing a really good job of keeping him consistent. And I, I really appreciate that. Because some shows, it's it's obvious. You'd be like, oh, somebody else wrote this script. I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> One thing that I've seen with other shows, especially ones that do the whole uh, relationship, will they, won't they, what mm-hmm. about these people... Um, is you know who's writing the episode by the fact of of, of how relationships are played, right. and and the, with with Elementary so far, it has been wonderfully just cohesive, and you can't really there's nothing that really stands out as an oh this is that writer's episode. Right. So. Uh, I also liked that they were having tea in their second conversation. I thought that was a cool <laughs> touch. Um, even if it is the dusty packet of Lipton's that every <laughs> bookstore has, and I, I am a tea drinker. I know this. Mm-hmm. I know to carry my own tea with me to most places. Yep. <laughs> to say, I will pay for hot water. Just give me the hot water. <laughs> well, my mom does because she just drinks decaf. So <laughs> she always has her tea with her. Um, the mystery itself, I I don't know if I was expecting more twisty things, but I kind of figured when Holmes was reacting to his smell that he would be the guy. And you see, that actually threw me off. Mm. Because I, when, we, when we went in there and I was thinking, okay, yep, this is some, somehow it's going to come back. And even though the fact is blabbing on about the fact this is his friend and, and whatnot, He's going to be the guy. But then they went through with that glue smell. And I don't, for, for some reason, it just, it threw me off. Hmm. And so I was, I was completely it's like, wait, didn't, didn't I say that back? <laughs> but how did I? So, but I, I mean, I, I liked the fact that they threw in the, the idea of the glue smell. Yeah, I do too. Which, which is something that most people is just, oh, it's an unpleasant smell, but for a recovering addict, that is, that is a trigger. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he is, and, and you know, he missed it mm-hmm. because the fact that he was reacting to his trigger. Right. And so I think that that was, that was well played. I did like the, I mean, there's again, the hyper observing things. Holmes remembered that there was a blue Camry. So why would you have these oil cans in your garage? Mm-hmm. Something that most people would see 
when they were looking around the place, but not something you would ever think to look yep. at. Of course, part of me was going, some people just collect oil cans. <laughs> they display them in their garage. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just remembering, because I'm, I'm lucky enough that I get my dad to do all of my oil for me. Mm. And there was one time I was traveling, and it was like, you are low on oil. And I went into Walmart, and here's this wall with, like, 17 different <laughs> oil choices. And I'm going, oh, my God, which one do I choose? Right. So I I would not catch the fact that, oh, that is not the right oil for the car. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a, a can. It's, it's a can instead of a plastic bottle. Right. That's the thing that I noticed. Right. I'm like, do they even come in cans anymore? Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I do like, I do like that the police were already suspicious of the cover story like this guy had mm-hmm. left because you know I, I again i like that the police aren't idiots they're they're smart too they're just not as smart as Holmes. and i was just like oh there are some procedurals where they're like oh yeah the guy left and he totally left his murder uh, thing up and nobody would nobody would blink an eye like oh yep. yeah criminals are dumb it's like, oh, okay, well, okay. I don't think they're that dumb. <laughs> the, the, I mean, there is, um, on one of the radio stations' morning programs, they do have, you know, their their dumb criminal segment every morning. So, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> they are that dumb. <laughs> right. But I would, you know, I'd like the police to go, this is really suspicious. <laughs> like they did in elementary. Yep. Um. I really thought the the reveal about Irene was well done. Um, just because it was kind of played out mm-hmm. really well. And then the ending of the episode was just his face, his reaction. Yep. That was... Um, I'm sitting here trying to remember which episode is which, but yeah, this, so this was... And, and this was great for Watson mm-hmm. in the fact that she's at the rehab and she's talking to people and these are the people who are the therapists and they mm. no, that's were the next supposed ep- to know him. That's the next and, episode. Oh, that is. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this the, one, in this one, she talks to Alistair. She talked, she was talking to Alistair. That's right. Right. Talking she's Alistair. talking to Alistair okay. and he so says, just, you he need says, to edit out that last bit. <laughs> so, oh. she, so she's talking to Alistair and she says, you know, she's trying to get more information about him, and she he tells her that she, he kept he came to his flat and he was high as a kite and he kept saying the same name over and over again. And she's like, "What name?" And it cuts, so we don't hear it. In the end of the episode, Watson comes home, yeah, and she goes, "I know about Irene," and it's yep. just and, his reaction. Okay, I'm I'm remembering now. Mm-hmm. That's that was the first time I cursed Tumblr. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch it that as soon as it aired. So I woke up at like, I, I think I woke up at like five thirty the next morning, mm-hmm. and super early for something. And so I rolled out of bed and I checked Tumblr, and the first thing on my Tumblr queue was this GIF scene mm-hmm. of of that, and I was like. Oh, Curse you, Tumblr! How do you people get stuff up this quickly? Sleep! You need to sleep! You need to go have normal lives! Yeah. So, it was crazy. Um, I actually watched them out of order. I watched episode 7 first. So I didn't know. I mean, I knew. Obviously, something had happened where she found out about Irene, and then I watched this one and I'm like oh that's just sad (laughs) (laughs) yep so all of our our theories might the idea oh maybe she was at the opera but they were yeah that just got tanked unless he's lying unless unless he's lying but I don't know I I don't think I don't think so yeah and it's kind of sad, but unless we, well, I guess we could always get flashbacks. 
But it's kind of sad to never have Watson and Irene meet. If she is, in fact, dead. <laughs> I don't think she is, though. I think the original Irene faked her death. So. Yep. Holmes might think she's dead. Ooh. Now that, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. That would be, like, all sorts of interesting things to... Ooh. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the fanfic writer in me is like, just spawn 15 plot bunnies. Yeah, write this, write this. Right. <clears throat> but it was an interesting turn on the whole episode because we have Holmes antagonizing Watson, and then all of a sudden it comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I... I didn't like this episode because Watson was so grumpy the whole time. Like, even before Holmes did anything, I didn't, I just didn't understand why she was so grumpy. (laughs) Uh, No. If anything, she should be sympathetic because him saying that his dad never shows up for anything is like a clue. We can go back to the idea that she was woken up from from her sleep by a very loud, nasty noise. So, But I don't understand why she's so eager to know more about him. And this (laughs) is like a big thing. His dad is not around. His dad breaks promises. Like, I don't understand why she's like, oh, I think I know what your problem is. (laughs) It starts back here. Yep. But I understand from a storyteller's perspective, they had to insert some conflict into the relationship. Yep. And I mean, you can also look at it, the idea that, okay, yes, that was, he, he broke meetings with you and whatnot, but he also went through and arranged for you to have, have this, you know, the resource of the sober companion while you're recovering and he arranged for your rehab. Mm-hmm. And this is something that can like, change relationship between people and maybe he's going to take something seriously and so there, there's Watson the optimist right. and and Sherlock the cynic right yeah that makes sense uh, I really liked Bell in this episode though he wasn't in it very much uh, I thought he did a really good job uh, and I like the idea of observing the water mm-hmm. but when he asked for a picture I was like I instantly went to the man with the twisted lip and I'm like oh he's wearing the disguise we have to wash it off <laughs> and that's why we smell glue I was just like I was in this weird place and then when it didn't happen I'm like oh okay cut himself okay <laughs> he's, he's he hasn't had to go to the bathroom <laughs> I got Big clues. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> the, the important things in life. Right. I guess I, I, I still am waiting for the direct tie-in to other stories, like we do. We get with Sherlock, the BBC show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, like, waiting for them. I'm like, oh, oh, nope. <laughs> okay, fine. I haven't had any quotes either, which I think is interesting. We keep waiting for quotes like they did in the first couple episodes. I need to reread the, the stories because I'm, I'm like, I sort of, I'm remembering, you know, like I remember the big ones and what mm-hmm. they're about, but there's things that I'm sure if I did a reread that it would be like, oh yeah, they're referencing this and they're referencing <laughs> that. And this is sort of like that. If you, you know, close one eye and squint. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have that one scene where you can see, um, the tattoos on his, on his arm. Yep. On his right arm. Um, cause he's sitting a certain way and there's a rat and I'm like, Oh, it's a giant rat of Sumatra. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Oh wait. I, <laughs> I have information. I, I have further information about tattoos. Oh yay. Oh yay. Um, yeah, because you know, when taps was sick, I had nothing better to do than just, you know, roam the internet looking for pictures of Johnny Lee Miller without his shirt on. Um, you know, but it's, it's research. I needed to do this. And I found a rather, um, wonderful article that, uh, sits down and talks with Johnny and the fact that all of his tattoos are his tattoos. 
Mm. Um, so there's the, the one that I noticed a couple weeks ago, the, the two, six, two across right. his back. Mm-hmm. Um, that is actually, I guess that's a, a half marathon, the distance of a half marathon. And he is a runner. So oh. that's, uh, for there, there is different, um, words on his arms, um, and, and all sorts of things. But the one, and, and he has that, that sort of gorgeous half sleeve on his shoulder, mm-hmm. which, um, I'm pretty sure is covering up the tattoo that the, the, the matching tattoo that he got when he married Angelina Jolie. Mm. So, um, she just removed hers completely when the, when the marriage went south, he went through and covered it up with a, a rather gorgeous picture of the Grim Reaper. So <laughs> that's hilarious. We got divorced um, and I got the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yeah. And there are actually about a dozen more tattoos that he has that I don't think we're ever going to see in this show. Mm-hmm. And if, if we do, that would be like, it, it would be one of those rating grabbing episodes, but <laughs> yep. It'd be like a Nathan Fillion sitting on a rock. Yep. <laughs> and then it would be quick spot how many tattoos you can count. Right. <laughs> oh, people would freeze frame that thing. <laughs> uh, oh, that's interesting. Yep. So he, uh, w- one of the quotes that he's talking about. Uh, he says that he doesn't have any regrets about the the choices he made, although it di- it does make for some rather time consuming makeup calls. I bet. And so he's really glad that the producers of Elementary have have seen fit to keep the tattoos as part of the character. Yeah, I bet because I was thinking, well, yeah, I guess on Dexter he was wearing a a suit most of the time, so most of them would be covered up. But wow. <laughs> that would make for a long, you know. Oh, we gotta, we gotta cover all your tattoos, or we have to CGI remove them later. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a good episode. I, I enjoyed it. I, I really like that they're playing with locations. Being out on the beach, I thought was fun. Um, yep, and. And, and another fun word, the idea of brackish water. Mm. I was like, okay. I was, I was just like, really? You don't know what brackish water is? <laughs> is this the thing? You didn't know what it was? I guess because I live in LA and we have lots of brackish water. Mm-hmm. The river, the LA River goes into the ocean and that there you have brackish water. But yes, it was fun. I, I like that they're playing with all of these different things. They're playing with observation. They're playing with his general knowledge of how the world works. They're playing with specific knowledge. Um, I, I like that. I hope, they, yep. I hope they keep all those things up. Rather <laughs> than other shows where it's like, I just observe things. Or um, I like that they, he has like a kind of trivial pursuit kind of knowledge in his head. Of things that are interesting that would help him. Yep. Uh, so moving on to episode seven, we have one of the more creepier beginnings. Uh, oh yeah, with the guy in the mask. Yeah, that was that, that was definitely uh, memorable. <laughs> I was, it started, and I'm like, are, am I sure that I'm watching Elementary right now? Because that's really creepy that for a minute it was Pretty Little Liars because they do a lot with creepy masks. <laughs> uh, and then the and the people with the pillows and then he shoots them and I was like, oh my gosh. This is crazy. Um, but yeah, I I also love that the anger from now that I have watched both episodes, the anger from yep. that episode is is carried through to a logical place. All the way up until Holmes is like, you know what? No, I need you. <laughs> and it has kind of stages because he's like, I'll respect you as my sober companion, but I'm upset with you. Uh, you know, and then it goes all the way to, I know I need you. <laughs> I need you to help me with the moral dilemma. And I really enjoyed that about this episode. 
because other episodes it would be like, I'm angry at you, and then some kind of outside thing makes us come together and yep. we're happy again, and we never talk about it. Or, or it's just, you know, the, the last episode ended with, I'm furiously angry at you, and then the next one is just like, what? What anger? There was no anger. Right. <laughs> we were angry? Yeah, so I, I really appreciated that about this episode. And Although were... I, I did... I did like the scene where he's trying to fake bad cell coverage. Yes. She's just behind the hall looking at him. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's just so perfect. Because that's how you feel in real life. Like, you know, it's it's like the, the moment when you're talking about somebody and then they're standing right behind you and you're like... <laughs> the, in, in TV, you know, that would work perfectly. But... In real life, no, the person would be right behind you. <laughs> so I enjoyed that. Uh, I also liked I, the very beginning when he's like, okay, I'm going to go do this and then whatever. And I'm like, he's leaving. He's leaving. Watson, he's leaving. <laughs> and then he did. was like, Watson, I told you. <laughs> oh, uh, if only the TV people would listen to me. <laughs> And, oh, <laughs> the TV people never listen. They never listen. Listen. But, so th- this, this is the episode where I like Watson. And the fact that she goes to the rehab center and she's talking to all of the, the people who are the therapists and whatnot and should know um, Holmes. Right. And then it's the guy who's, you know, the groundskeeper who's, you know, tending a bee's nest. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you know what? Forget you. I don't need you. I need to go talk to this guy. Right. Well, the only thing that bothered me about that scene was there was never a, oh, no, I can't tell you. That's confidential information. Like, they just were out like, I know nothing. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. <laughs> I'm like, um, shouldn't there be that little, like, just a reminder. Yeah, I can't share this unless you're my patient. Thing. But. Well, I, I think at that point it was the idea that with with both her medical background and the fact that she's serving in a, a semi um, sort of therapist position with him, and she is privy to most of this information already. So it wasn't just some random person coming in saying, I want to know about this, but it was another professional there. There's, I mean, she probably has like weird folders of paperwork that she can fill out to get information that says, you know, yes, I am, I am professional and you can give me this information and we can talk on that sort of a basis. Yeah. Uh, I guess, or it could just be, (laughs) there's nothing to tell you because I know nothing (laughs) because he wouldn't talk. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then like, you know, the the groundskeeper has absolutely no claim to any sort of HIPAA laws or because mm-hmm, <laughs> they were just friends. Um, but I did like that because it it harkened back to um, next generation for me because Picard's like the the person that you talk to if you want to know about the school is the groundskeeper. Um, <laughs> and oh, I just got that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. There we go. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's that idea that, and this is true, and, you know, even when I was in school, this was true. The real power players at my school were all maintenance people. It was like, do you want to get in this, this building? Uh, well, I've got a friend on maintenance. It's like, you know, everything that we needed, everything that we wanted, we went through our friends at maintenance. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, don't, I, don't overlook those little people in the background. Yeah, there, there, there were no little people in the background at my school because <laughs> um, homeschooled, which, you know, awesome. But yeah, th- there was no getting away with anything. Oh, this is at college. <laughs> not at, I was homeschooled too, but college. Yeah. Ah, the maintenance people. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> but same thing at Starfleet Academy, apparently. Talk to the yeah. guy who takes care of the trees. <clears throat> But I did, I like that. I was just like, I don't think that was intentional, but it made me happy. <laughs> oh. 
and I that with the, the the sort of secondary mystery mm-hmm. the idea of um, I mean you, you have is he in the main mystery there's the, the idea you know was this man falsely accused mm-hmm. and going through you, you have the fact of that they bring up the oh well evidence was planted mm-hmm. and so for that as soon as they said that like as soon as even before that even as soon as the old partner showed up mm-hmm. and and they said that they hadn't worked together since that case mm-hmm. i was like i okay there, there was something wonky that went down with this case and that's why these people don't talk anymore why gregson doesn't talk to her right and so that that's was sort of i knew that that was coming mm-hmm. and and that you know, she had planted evidence that she had done something. Um, so that was, it was like, eh, that was sort of a throwaway for me. But I liked the idea of the, the sort of the main mystery that they played with. And, and it was just like, oh. Because that just sort of the mental manipulation that goes into to what the, this guy did to the kid. And, right. Well, it was it was interesting to compare it to Adam mm-hmm. and, and, you know, mental manipulation seems to be something that's key in all of these. Eh, well, most of them, you know, cause it, yep. even, even with the, the secretary, she was very manipulative to get where she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's like a, it's like the creator likes talking about that, you know, that's like his thing. Oh, uh, or if it's leading up to something bigger. Um. Well, I think with with any sort of, I mean, you, you have your basic. I don't know if you'd categorize them as you know, crimes of passion, things that are happen in the heat of the moment, or are sort of the the things that that come from our sort of base desires. So, mm-hmm. like people do drugs, that's one crime. People see prostitutes that's another so that's sort of you know people get upset that their husband won't stop popping their gum and they whack them in the head right um but anything sort of beyond that you have to have that that planning Mm -hmm. and you have to have that forethought and i mean that that really is holmes is a detective of the mind and so we, we do need to see people who are up to his level of uh, on the crime side who are using their brains as creatively as possible to try to pull things off. Right. Because otherwise it'd be just like the, that they bashed in his head because, you know, she's crying and covered in blood and saying, I did it. I did it. And why are you calling me in? Um, so I think that that really, you have to have that that mental aspect to to these criminals. Yeah, well, and I think it's that there could be a mental aspect without them manipulating someone else. Um, but I think also this, from a storyteller's perspective, this lends itself to the false start. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you thought, you know, I, and when you said about the the partner, yeah, obviously that was like. This is where this is going. And it's supposed to lull you into, I've got it all figured out. And then every episode has that twist. So the twist is, yes, it was planted, but yes, he's also guilty. Yep. And the reason for the, the reason for these new ones is because he manipulated his son. Um, so the, the manipulation angle works very well for the twist. But I'm also wondering if we're not moving towards this idea that Holmes manipulates. He manipulates oh, people to, to do what he wants. So this is like a mirror image of, and it, it will lead us up to someone like a Moriarty. Yeah. To be, we're the same person. You just fight on the side of angels, you know, to go back to Sherlock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, and, yes. And how far can you go with the idea of manipulating someone before mm-hmm. it, it does become, it's not just, Oh, this is the quickest way for me to 
get the good right. and, and catch the bad guy and, and do this where it actually becomes that no, what you're doing is, is a bad thing. Right. Yeah. And it will play, it will play out really interesting again and again in a Sherlock Holmes kind of character when, especially when you have a, a Watson or somebody who's like, no, <laughs> you know, this isn't how you treat me. You know, you treat me as a person, not as a, a way to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that lens. But again, then again, it could be just, there's some, some creators, some writers who just like a certain vein of storytelling. They like, they like talking about death. They like talking about this. And so maybe me- mental manipulation is a thing with this writer and it means nothing other than it's a cool way to storytell, <laughs> to, yep. to, to lull people into this false reality. But I do like that they're playing with that procedural thing. They're playing with the idea of, oh, I introduced a new character, so this must be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, and I also liked Gregson in this, because he wasn't... A lot of times when you have this like secondary character, they become almost the same person every single episode. Yep. And in this episode, he you could really see him struggle. And at first you're like, why, why are you being so mean? Like, why are you yelling and throwing Holmes out? And it's not because of what Holmes was saying. It's because of his own conflict. Like, he knew something was wrong. He knew that this happened, and he had to figure out how to deal with it. What is? What was he going to do? Was he going to really throw himself under the bus too with this girl. Mm-hmm. So I really and, like that. And, and, and this can also play to the idea of, of, of partnership mm-hmm. because we have Holmes and Watson who are just starting their partnership right. and here's Gregson and his former partner. And the fact that, you know, going back to the idea of manipulation, the manipulation was too much and mm-hmm. that ended up causing their partnership to break up. Right. So it could be a little bit of, of foreshadowing there, but, um, coming up on the idea of, of Gregson and how awesome he is mm-hmm. and wonderful and wonderful. Um, while you were unconscious with the crud, <laughs> I actually found two, they're a little bit older, but they are two really great articles talking all about, um, Aiden, Aiden, Aiden Quinn, Aiden Quinn mm-hmm. and the fact that of what he brings Mm -hmm. to elementary. Um, and in in one of them, he talks about the fact that he was the very last one to be hired, Mm -hmm. but how, how glad that he was for that. And, um, the fact that he has played cops before Mm -hmm. and has, and has been able to shadow real life detectives and, and he's enjoying bringing that background into Gregson and trying to make him as realistic as as he can. Yeah. I, I think I appreciate Gregson. And some people were, especially in the pilot, were kind of, I don't know about Gregson. And, um, I appreciate Gregson because, again, one, he's he's smart. I loved, mm-hmm. I loved when he was like, yeah, I knew. I knew you were addicted. I knew, like, I'm, am I really not going to look you up and get all my facts straight? And I love things like that. And I love this because it wasn't, it wasn't an easy decision for him. It wasn't a black and white thing. It wasn't, you know, and I, I like that about, I like that when writers do that about characters, because if this was real life, this wouldn't be an easy decision either. Uh, Yep. And I mean, how many how many times have we heard those stories where you where you have police officers who who have those cases that they hang on to mm-hmm. because of the fact they they knew they just knew that this person was guilty but they couldn't get the evidence right they couldn't do that and and it just eats at them the fact that they weren't able to to close to that, the case yeah to put that to, guy to away, put that guy away. Mm-hmm. and I mean that is that definitely is, is telling on the way that he played it. It was, it was wonderful. Right. And, and the idea that I knew something was wrong, but I just wanted this guy off the street. Like something slightly wrong was better than, like, it doesn't corrupt Gregson in any way. Cause he didn't, 
plant the evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does show a lot about his character that that he finally goes, you know, no, that was wrong. That was the wrong call. I should yep. have done something earlier. And I really like that. I really like that about him. And it gave so much more depth to his character. And I hope they keep digging that. Because on top of Holmes and Watson, you know, the fact that Gregson puts up with Sherlock is is fascinating enough. Yeah. And uh, well, uh, to to quote one of the other articles, um, he, he says that he loves cops, mm-hmm. and whenever I meet them, I like listening to them. I like their stories. I like the moral dilemma that being a policeman is. Mm-hmm. That they are hated right off the bat, and yet completely loved when they're needed. Right. And so that I mean. I, that, like I said, it's an old article, but it really is sort of timely for this episode and what he's going through with, I mean, he, he could, he knew that something was off with his partner and with that cop, but he, he didn't say anything then. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he distanced himself from his partner afterwards, but he didn't pursue it the way that he could have. And now it's all these years later and it's coming back. And should I have said something then? Should I have not? Uh, you know, it's, mm, he was awesome in this episode. Yeah. Well, and I like the idea that he was right. He was right. It was this guy. And, you know, cause in other shows it would be, oh no, this guy's totally innocent. And, you know, boo on cops for planting evidence. Again, I want to see more, more of Inspector Gregson <laughs> and his life. Um, yeah, I, I think that's about it we had for both of these episodes. That's, I think that's all I've got. Okay. Well, we'll be back with more elementary. We'll probably do another double dose uh, to catch me up since I've been sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I hope you guys are having a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Grr. Gah. Yay, me.